This is our fourth and last session on verses 2 and 3 of this paragraph. Let's read it. I entreat Euodia, and I entreat Syntyche, to agree in the Lord, to have the same mind, to find their way towards harmony, peace, agreement. Yes, I ask you also, so not only have I entreated them directly, and now I'm asking you to get involved, true companion. We don't know who that is. Help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers. And then he ends on this climactic note, whose names, the fellow workers and Euodia and Syntyche, whose names are in the book of life. So Euodia is written in the book of life. Syntyche written in the book of life. What is this and why did he say it? Father, teach us now what Paul is saying climactically to help his true companion minister effectively to these women to bring them to one mind. I pray in Jesus' name, help me. Amen. The term book of life in the New Testament is found five times in the book of Revelation and one time in in Jesus' teachings. Let's look at each of them and draw our conclusion. Revelation 3, 5. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. So the pledge that the person who perseveres in faith will never have his name blotted from the book of life. Now, you, you could infer from that that some people get blotted out and others don't. But be careful. Be careful. Because we need to draw an inference about that from other things that are said in the book of Revelation about the book of life. So hold on to that. What we see absolutely clearly is that the person who perseveres to the end that person had been written in the book of life, and that person will never have his name blotted out. So he's saying to the one who perseveres, I'll never blot you out. He's, he hasn't said anything yet about blotting anybody out, just not blotting people out. Let's go to 13.8. All who dwell on the earth will worship the beast, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of the life of the Lamb who was slain. So before the world was, so before the foundation of the world, there is a, a book whose name is the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. So there are people whose names, whose persons are covered by the blood of the slain Lamb in the book before the foundation of the world. And the point here is that if you're in the book, you will not worship the beast. All who dwell on the earth will worship the beast, everyone whose name is not written in the book. So if your name is in the book, you are preserved from beast worship. 
Now, that's very significant because if it is being written in the book that keeps you from worshiping the beast, then that person will never be blotted out of the book by worshiping the beast because being written in the book will keep you from worshiping the beast. See it again in chapter 17, verse 8. The dwellers on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast. So here is beast worship again, or beast marvel, because it was and is not and is to come. So let's say it again. Dwellers on the earth whose names have not been written. Now, what does it say about if your name has been written? If your name has not been written in the book of the life from the foundation of the world, you will marvel, you will worship the beast. But if your name has been written there, you won't. So being written in the book, as we saw in 13.8, preserves from beast worship. Here's Revelation 20, 12 to 15. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. So books, plural, were opened. Then another book, another book. So there's books, and then another book was opened, which is the book of life. So here's the book of life, and here are books. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So evidently the books is a record of deeds. And judgment proceeds in accord with the evidence in these books that you are truly born of God. These deeds will be the way that your judgment proceeds. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So the book of life, everyone not there is damned. Everyone there is spared, preserved. So the books doesn't have the names. It has the deeds recorded. What was written is according to what they had done. And the judgment according to works proceeds from the books. And presumably, since God doesn't contradict himself, to find your name in the book of life and to find your deeds validating your new life are in perfect harmony. So rewards and the evidence that you are truly born again is here in these deeds and your name secured from the foundation of the world is in the book of life. And here's 21.7. Nothing unclean will ever enter the new Jerusalem, nor anyone who does, not, who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So the deeds confirm the name appearing in the Lamb's book of life. Those are all the 
texts in Revelation that mention the book of life. Here's the one from Jesus' teaching. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, Jesus says to his disciples who are returning with the demons having been subject to them. Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, having your name written in heaven and thus having God preserve you to the end and get eternal life is better than all ministry successes. So, back here. He ends this exhortation to Euodia and Syntyche and to his true companion to help Euodia and Syntyche. He ends by drawing attention to the fact that their names are in the book of life. And the emphasis from Revelation is they will not fail. They will not fall. They will not worship the beast. They will not commit apostasy. They will not fall away. These are real, true saints. They are among the brothers or the brothers and sisters. They are loved. They are longed for. They are his joy. They are his crown. They are beloved. They are in the Lord and they are in the book of life. So I think the overwhelming emphasis here is to say to this true companion, look, as you help these women, don't help them as though they were some kind of marginal, maybe Christians. They're not marginal. They worked side by side with, with me in the gospel. They are right there along with this notable person named Clement. They are my fellow workers and their names, above all, amazing. It's written before the foundation of the world in the book of life. Deal with these women as full-blown fellow heirs of the grace of life. There's the key, isn't it, to many of our successes in trying to bring reconciliation. Don't Treat one another as though you had a cloud of suspicion hanging over your head saying, well, maybe you're not a real Christian. Paul didn't want this companion to approach these women that way. And we would do well in the church to give people the benefit of the doubt and speak to them this way. You are in the Lord. You have been fellow laborers with the saints, and your name is in the book of the life of the Lamb who was slain, and it was written there before the foundation of the world, and you will be preserved from apostasy and from beast worship, and we will be together in the kingdom forever and ever. Let's get this worked out. <laughs>